when I would eat, it would numb the pain mm-hmm. and it would numb the pain of physical and it would numb the pain of emotional because when you're eating it, we know it releases these endorphins and it really does. So on the one side, we can look at that and that, that is God. There is food is not bad. Mm-hmm. Welcome to Compare to Who, the podcast to help you stop comparing and start living. I'm your host, Heather Creekmore. I hate to admit this, but I used to secretly obsess over my appearance. I thought it was part of my job as a woman to always look better, but never felt like I could be good enough. Maybe you can relate. God in his grace showed me a way out and I want to give you all the tools you need to break free too. If you've ever spent too much time stressing over your looks, I get it. I hope you'll keep listening and find the same freedom I have. Here are three other things you should know about me. I'm a minivan driving mom of four. I'm author of the book Compared to Who and The Burden of Better. I'm a blogger at comparedtowho.me and you just may have seen my epic big fail on Netflix. If you've ever struggled with comparison or body image issues, Compared to Who is the show for you. I hope you enjoy today's episode and hey, tell a friend about it. Hey there, welcome to the Compare To Podcast. I'm Heather Creekmore, and I'm so glad that you are watching or listening today. I am so excited to have my friend, Jenny Zentz. I was going to say new friend, but I feel like we've known each other for a couple months now, so you're not a new friend anymore. (laughs) Uh, You're an old friend. But Jenny Zentz, we have a fun story of how we met, and I'm going to tell you that in just a second, but let me tell you a little bit about Jenny first. She has two amazing kids, a wonderful husband, and an awesome God who keeps it all together, even when she's falling apart. She's the host of the Intertwined life podcast where using an extreme amount of transparency <laughs> that's a lot jenny that Maybe extreme amount right <laughs> and a huge <laughs> and a huge dose of truth from the bible and a generous dash of humor i, I see a recipe theme here mm. she helps know, women <laughs> she, helps, she helps women discover practical ways to apply the power of god's word to their everyday stuff so jenny welcome to the show thank you thank you it's exciting we so, are to be on the other side of the interview. I'm yeah. So Jenny interviewed me a couple months ago. You are in Florida. And so here's, here's the little fun fact. Yeah. So Jenny lives essentially across the street from where my parents have a place in Florida. So I have spent like 20 years of my life going to this little beach town. I love this little beach town. It's like my favorite place in the world. And Jenny and I are just having a conversation back and forth. And on I was Instagram. like, yeah. And I'm yeah, like, we, we did not meet each other here. No, I'm like, you know, I'm going to be in this little town next weekend. You aren't anywhere close to there, are you? And sure enough, she was not even close. She was just like across. She could bicycle to meet me. In two minutes, like literally. Yes. So we got to go on a fun beach walk. And another fun fact about Jenny, she did not put this in her bio. It probably should be though. She is the fastest walker in the entire world. She should be going to the Olympics for speed walking. And I'm only five two, so the little legs go really fast. Yeah. So I had I had a good three inches on her, but I was working hard. I mean, the route that she and I walked normally takes me like 40 minutes at a decent pace. And I think we were door to door 20. So we cut like half the time. And talking the whole time. Right. (laughs) Talking. And I was trying to mask the fact that I was like gasping for air. (laughs) It's a bad habit. I'm sure there's something about that, that my counselor would do. (laughs) 
<laughs> but, but Jenny, it's so fun to talk to you. Um, I love the theme of your podcast, The Intertwined Life. But why don't you start off by telling us a little bit about you and your story and what your heart is? Sure. Okay. Wow. Where to even start? That's a big one, right? <laughs> I ask people the same question. I'm like, how do they even know where to start? I interviewed somebody the other day and she said, well, I was born at a very early age. <laughs> Great way to start. Yeah. Um, well, originally I'm from Western Kentucky and after college, I moved to the Washington DC area, same as Heather did. Yep. So that's another thing we have in common. So many parallels in our lives. My husband is from Maryland, which Heather is from Maryland, right? Well, yeah. I, I'm from like just North of where your husband is from. I okay. think we figured out oh, maybe Pennsylvania. 15 right. minutes apart or yeah, something. So I think your parents like lived that. in the yeah. same little town. We got married and the whole crazy right. stuff. Um, but he's from the Baltimore area and we met in DC at church, actually lived in DC for 10 years, had our kiddos there and moved to Florida on the space coast about six years ago. We love it here. I loved it there too, but I love it here a lot too. And it's really great. And yes, the beach is right there, but you know, we get, we get cold sometimes like 50 and <laughs> We're all bundled up like it's 50 below, but um, we do love it here. But really, I guess for me, I just always felt a craving for the word. I was raised in a Christian home. I accepted Christ as my savior when I was seven years old. It was always there. And we all have different desires because we all have different callings. So I don't ever want, ever want anyone to be like, well, I don't crave the word like that. So that walk must not be for me. You know, it looks different for everybody, but that was just this craving this passion in me. And I would say my life verse is Jeremiah 20 verse nine, where it says that if I say, I will not speak any more of your word, it is like, there's a fire shut up in my bones. I am worn out trying to hold it in and I cannot do it. And I remember when I saw that verse, I'm like, Oh my gosh, that's it. Like I've been trying so long to explain that feeling. I just, I bounce, I get excited and couldn't even explain it. Even though I was raised in a very conservative, quiet Bible belt, little church where if anyone raised their hand, everybody else turned and looked at them like, what's wrong with them? You know, but I just couldn't hold still. Um, so that was kind of always a seed in me and that just continued to evolve. And as I just made time daily, regularly, just to spend time with the Lord, it grew. And I just knew probably about 12 years ago, right before we had kiddos, God just made it very clear to my husband, Tim and I, that full-time ministry was his design for my life and his plan for my, my life, not even knowing for sure and still not knowing for sure what that's fully going to look like. So I just, I speak every time I can. I lead Bible studies as much as I can. I've been blogging for 10 to 15 years, you know, whatever opportunity I have to get some of out that he's pouring into me. But I always say my mess is my message, um, yeah. anxiety, depression, struggling with weight issues. Those are all big key factors in my story, but I feel like it is those things in our story, those broken pieces that when we turn those over to him, he can use them to build something more beautiful than we could ever imagine. So I always encourage people just be real, you know, because yeah. those are the moments where people see you. He chooses the weak and the foolish things. And in our weakness, his power is made perfect. And those are the scripture that I have to stake my life on, you know, and go back to so many times when I do mess up very, 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 very often. Ask my kids, you know, it happens a lot, but it's always going back to realizing it's, it's his power. It's, it's not us. And so the podcast came because I love to speak. And I realized that as a mom with kids, my kids are third and sixth grade, you know, not a lot of time to really read blogs. I didn't read blogs. So I was writing this blog and I realized what I was doing though, was listening to podcasts mm. because I could do that while I did other things. That's yeah. what we women do. So bought a microphone, plugged it in and just figure it out as I go still doing that. 
But the theme for the intertwined life is just that because my passion and my calling is to help women discover practical ways to apply the power of God's word to our everyday stuff. And I really believe that our walks with the Lord in our everyday lives should be seamlessly intertwined and it should affect every move we make and every breath we take. So that's the premise of everything I do now is that it's not two separate things, right. no matter what it is, whether it's a weight issue or a body image issue or depression, anxiety, parenting, marriage, every single thing, there's a verse for that. I, I have a hashtag. There's a verse for that, you yeah. know, because, because there is, and right. the word is so applicable to everything we're going through. We just have to bring those things to him and yeah. let him unpack that for us as we go throughout our everyday lives. Yeah. So be more than you wanted, but <laughs> no, 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 that was awesome because, well, so I'm thinking a couple of different things. So yeah. first of all, yes, I totally agree. Like there is a spiritual root yeah. Every issue we face yeah. here. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's something at the heart of it spiritually about what we are believing about mm -hmm. God or about Jesus or what salvation really means and what salvation really does for us and all those things. So I love that. And, and then thinking about like, there's a verse for that. Let's go here for a second. Uh -oh. um, so <laughs> one of my biggest pet peeves is yeah. that people just try to slap the, well, you're fearfully and wonderfully made verse on body image yeah. issues. Uh -huh. And so I don't, we might've talked about this a little bit before, maybe on your show, but like it frustrates the Dickens out of me because I'm like, that just like, they're trying to use it as a self-esteem verse instead of like what it really was, was David praising God. Like you have made me amazing, but that's not about like me being amazing. That's about you being like this incredible creator who could make a person like with yeah. digestive function and yes. like all the different things that have to work together yeah. to keep our bodies going. It's just, it is mind blowing. I mean, it just takes, you know, decades to study it just mm -hmm. on the surface. Right. But, but then to dig in deep, like we can never, I mean, scientists are trying, they know what makes up our DNA now, but, but it's just yeah. so, it's so amazing. It's mind blowing. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So yes, there's a verse for that. And you probably knew, like I did, the quote unquote verse for that for mm, sure. some of these struggles. But sure. talk to me about like how you struggled personally and how how God kind of took you on a journey. Talk to me about your disordered sure. eating and anxiety, depression. You said you were yeah. going to use extreme amounts of transparency, Jenny. Yeah. So like just Absolutely. so give it to us straight. What what was what was your struggle like? Okay. Well, it started, I would say around sixth grade. Isn't that when every woman's problem starts? <laughs> and this, my daughter's in sixth grade now. And I'm like, Oh, she's so much better than I ever was at her age. Um, thank you, Jesus. But that's about when it started for me. And there were several things I think that converged to cause it. Um, what I noticed was, well, I started getting made fun of a lot for whatever mm -hmm. reason I wasn't physically bullied, but I was emotionally, emotionally bullied, picked on, made fun of, I guess I was just the target. I don't, you know, you never really know where these things come from. And in that season, I literally would go to bed and I, I was, you know, 11, 12 years old mm. and I would go to bed and honestly just pray not to wake up. Mm. And I remember going to school one day and asking kids, if I died, would you come to my funeral? Mm. I mean, I was that miserable and that just felt unwanted and unloved mm -hmm. and just miserable, you know, and I grew up in a Christian home, mm -hmm. but there were so many things pulling at me. Mm -hmm. And on top of that, I started having a lot of headaches mm -hmm. and I don't really for sure know why, but that was always a part. There was always a physical pain. I had a lot of headaches, especially in that season, really goodness up until my twenties, probably cluster headaches, migraines. That was a thing mm -hmm. for me. So I had pain emotionally and physically. Mm -hmm. And I think that food is what I turned to mm -hmm. for that comfort. 
and I was not a very active child. I was, <laughs> I'm an extroverted introvert. I come alive when I'm around people, but I get it drained and I could just be alone forever. And so I would sit, come home from school, open that whole bag of Doritos. And there wasn't a lot of a focus on necessarily like how much portion control or choosing really healthy options wasn't necessarily something that I was, so it was something I would do. And if, when I would eat, it would numb the pain mm-hmm. and it would numb the pain of physical and it would numb the pain of emotional because when you're eating, it, we know it releases these endorphins and it really does. So on the one side, we can look at that and that, that is God. There is food is not bad, mm-hmm. you know, it, and that's where I'll go next is what I but the Lord finally was probably trying all along, but to really reveal to me, it's, it's a heart issue, right? It's not about the food. It's not about making the food obey. Oh, well, if I eat non-fat, mm-hmm. I can eat more. You know, mm-hmm. it is a heart issue and it is about the orientation of our heart. And why was I going to food? Because I was turning to that instead of turning to the Lord, right. you know, and I know I was young and I was in a tough spot and, you know, there's grace for that. You know, I was, I was a young kid and it was really hard, but in that time, what happened was I started to gain a lot of weight. And so now I always say people, well, things are not what they seem, Mm -hmm. right? They're not always what they seem. So I am only five, two, and people don't think I have an issue with food, but that Mm -hmm. is so far from the truth. Mm -hmm. And it has been something that was huge in my life for a long time. And so at this time, sixth, seventh grade, I was two or three inches shorter and I was 30 pounds heavier. Mm -hmm. And so that didn't, you know, necessarily fit what was, what God designed my body for, right? We're all in different places. And it is really that heart issue. I think the apex, I guess the culmination of it, when it really hit me, how far I had gone in this direction of just running to food and not putting my hope in the right place and having such a a heart that was so messed up. I had graduated college. And at this point, my weight was fine. But I went to dinner with some former professors and I had a younger sister who was stick thin, you know, and I was struggling with my weight and she was taller than me. And so that was always, of course, that comparison thing, right. Mm -hmm. Was there. And I went to dinner with some, some professors. And one of my professors was trying to explain to the other professor who my sister was. Hmm. He goes, Oh, you know, she looks just like her only thinner. Hmm. And and it wasn't even true. My sister was yeah. Three inches taller than me but about 15 to 20 miles heavier than me. Yeah. It wasn't even true. Mm-hmm. And I remember he said that and you hold on, even though I had gotten physically on the outside, it looked like it was under control. My heart yeah. was still so messed up. And yeah. when he said that, I remember I was eating like a cheeseburger. Okay. Mm-hmm. I wrapped it up. I set it to the side. I had mm-hmm. eaten, you know, less than half. I put the food away and I was just sick. But mm-hmm. then what happened was that night in bed. Yes. In bed, I pulled out the other half of that bacon cheeseburger Mm -hmm. at midnight and ate it in bed. Yeah. And sitting there in bed at midnight with the second half of a bacon double cheeseburger. And I wasn't pregnant. No, I ate lasagna in bed and I was pregnant. (laughs) That's totally okay. But I'm doing that. And it's like, oh my gosh, what am I doing to myself? Mm -hmm. You know, this food was controlling me. Mm -hmm. And, you know, Paul talks about, and there's a lot of different contextual things going on when he's talking to the Corinthians about not letting other things control us. But he says, I won't be a slave to anything or be brought under its power. Right. And sometimes we want to think of that as the big sins, 
mm-hmm. you know, the, the, the big sins being, you know, alcohol or, you know, heroin, you know, or whatever, right. right. But it's anything that takes God's place in our heart and puts that division between us and food was controlling me. Mm. I could not say no to that double cheeseburger in the middle of the night sitting in my bed. And why was I in my bed? Because I didn't want anybody to see me. You know, I wanted to eat alone. I didn't want to be judged. You know, it was, and I think there's another clue right there, right? Anything we think that we have to do hidden, right? maybe if we can't do it in the light, Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe there's something to that, right? right. Um, so it was a definitely a, a come to Jesus moment. It did not completely fix all my problems. It is still to this day, uh, you know, 20 years later, something that I have to be aware of on top of constantly giving to the Lord seasons. You know, you have seasons where you're, I'm killing this clean eating thing. You know? uh-huh. And it's like, all I want is pizza, you know? Yeah. And so, and I'm gluten-free now. So that's a whole nother yeah. issue I struggle with, but that's, it's still something you need to stay on top of, but I think our food, it's a heart issue and it's a trust issue. Mm-hmm. I think a couple of things I identified, you know, do I trust that God will satisfy me? Mm-hmm. Do I trust that he is my provider? Right. That am I eating out of scarcity? Mm-hmm. You know, do I trust the system that he created for me, the boundaries of fullness and, right. and hunger that he set up and that within those boundaries, I can be happy and I can be fulfilled and I can feel good. Or am I afraid that he's doesn't have it right? Do I think he just threw me into this world of delicious foods to torture me? Right. Like, Good luck, you know? And that's not the way it is. This stuff is here for our pleasure and for the good life that Christ died to give us. But it's just like with our children, when we set up healthy boundaries, they can have so much fun and live an awesome, great life inside those boundaries. Right. But if they get outside those boundaries, that's where the harm is. And all good things are like that. And like, look at sex. (laughs) That was Mm -hmm. God's design. It was his idea. It is good stuff. But if we choose to indulge in sexual activity outside of the boundaries of marriage, that's where the guilt and the pain and the suffering and sometimes even the death can come from something that God ordained, right? And it's the same with our eating. We just don't always hold it at the same level, whether it's our eating or our self-care or like working out, taking care of ourselves. If, if it's not in those healthy boundaries, you know, there's, and we can punish ourselves in how we eat. We can eat clean and work out hard to punish ourselves instead of to take care and honor what God created. Are you tired of comparing yourself to others? It's time to break free, my friend. Check out compareddohu.me online and you'll find a ton of great resources, blog posts, videos, and so much more to help you stop comparing and start living. And make sure you sign up for my exclusive email list while you're there. I send my email friends things I don't send anyone else. You can also find out more about my brand new book, The Burden of Better, How a Comparison-Free Life Leads to Joy, Peace, and Rest. If you're tired of battling comparison, friend, I wrote this book just for you. Check it out right after this episode, of course. I want to circle back to the fear thing because, you know, I think a lot of women control food out of fear. Yes. Right. Like that's kind of one of the, the basic underlying uh, challenges, fear yes. and control is yes. kind of just really tightly aligned to eating disorders or disordered eating. So I think there's a lot of a lot of truth there. But then the other side of that, I think that maybe isn't talked about a lot is is sometimes 
you've probably heard the statistics even like the data about how like if you see a diet commercial on television how like that makes you run to the run to the fridge or you know seeing (laughs) how sometimes like flipping through a magazine or seeing like a woman who's thinner and you have the thought like I want to be like her but Mm -hmm. instead of like okay I'm not going to eat for the rest of the day you're you're like I'm going to just eat all the chips because that's not going to happen I'm not going to be like her (laughs) so I might as well go all the way exactly and so but again that's fear too right like it's fear of like she's Mm -hmm. accepted I don't look like her I'm not going to be accepted so I might as well just just make yeah. it make it true right yeah. and so so i think that's that's good stuff and then also what you're saying about bringing things to the light and compared to who my first book i talk about just how i used to and and sometimes i still struggle with this but used to hide the candy wrappers like if i ate something like if i finished something off well i would either do uh-huh. there was a couple of different pathologies i had either i would hide it on the bottom of the trash uh-huh under like the spaghetti sauce or, that no one's going to touch. Right, right. Something <laughs> gross that's spilled yes, all over it, right? Absolutely. Or like I remember specifically right after my husband and I got married, we had a package of Oreos. And we had kind of just been both like, you know, a couple here, a couple there. Yeah. But I knew when he left for work that day, like there was a whole line. You know, I think, what are there, three <laughs> lines in the pack? I knew there was a whole line. <laughs> yeah. And by the end of the day, the whole line was gone. And so what I did was I went to the store and I yeah. bought another package of Oreos oh, and wow. I took those two lines out and I put them in a plastic bag and I hid them somewhere. And so when he got home, the Oreos were there with the full line. I mean, well, it crazy, is crazy, aren't we? And he probably it, would not have cared. If oh, he ate the Oreos, he right? probably wouldn't have. He wouldn't have said anything. Mm-hmm. But like, and it's funny mm-hmm. to me that I remember that so vividly too. But but that's like, that's where my brain was, where my behavior was at the time. Yeah. And so it's been a process for me and probably for you too, to get to a place where, like you said, we're eating in the light is okay. I mean, I think it's become a kind of meme material like a little haha like oh you've got your secret stash or you gotta hide in the closet with your chocolate that kind of thing and that's been a challenge for me because like there's a real issue that if I put something in sight of everyone it will not be there when I go to get it because my children are thieves yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but yet at the same time I think for any of us coming from these behaviors it's probably not helpful for us to have a secret stash. And like, that's one thing I'm recognizing more recently is like, it's probably better for me just to go ahead and have, have my treat, whatever my bark thins. Oh man, those things are just, (laughs) but like have that somewhere and just, okay. If everyone eats it, it's okay. Because I know I can get more, but not that scarcity mentality that you talked about. Like that's a very real thing Yeah, for those of us that come out of an eating disorder background. Go ahead. Sure. Well, I, and I see both sides. I will say, so there was a book that when I hit this part with the cheeseburger in the bed, um, the book is, it's an old book and you may or may not have heard it. You may not have read it. You may or may not like it. Um, it's called the way down diet. Here's the thing, no matter what we're doing in life, no matter what preacher we're listening to, we're not going to agree with every single thing that everyone's anyone on everything. So there may be some things in the book that I'm like, "Eh, okay, but that book was pivotal in my life because her main focus was our creator gave us boundaries of full and hunger. Yeah. And if we can learn to operate, don't eat till I'm hungry and quit mm-hmm. when I feel full and recognize those signs of full and recognize those right. signs of hunger and go back to how God actually created us. Right. He already put this in us. And if we are in those boundaries, we, our body will eventually get to 
what he designed it to be. But if you are operating with his boundaries, then you are not walking around with that guilt and that shame. Right. right? And so I always feel like if my heart is, I know I'm not hungry, but mm. I want this chocolate cake yeah. and I'm doing it anyway, yeah. that is going against God's best for me. Mm -hmm. Right. Whereas this person over here, maybe their stomach growled, they were actually hungry and they'd like a piece of chocolate cake. So they're right. totally okay. You know, and it right. was, it was a mind shift. So we talk about the scarcity mentality for me, it was growing up. My dad worked nights. Mm. And so if we had food the next day, it might be gone. Cause he took it to work in his lunchbox. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember that, like if I didn't mm. eat all of those Doritos, then they might be gone. Yeah. So I will say that part of my healing process. And I think she mentions it in this old book was actually doing that, actually taking food and putting my name on or whatever. I didn't hide okay. it in my bedroom under my bed it, you know, it wasn't like eating in the dark under my bed, mm -hmm. but the, um, assurance that when I wanted a cookie, it was there. So yeah. I don't have to eat all eight of them. Yeah. Now there was actually help in some of okay. those very practical things yeah. that helped me not eat out of scarcity. It's okay. Right. It's going to be there or taking home your leftovers from the restaurant. And then when you get hungry again, you can eat them and you don't feel like right. you have to eat them all right now. There was definitely some practical steps, but I will say that one of the things that the Lord just so clearly a scripture he brought to me when I was actually really soaring high in this eating between the boundaries of full and being satisfied and knowing those boundaries and operating in them perfectly. And I was feeling great, but I started catching myself where I was kind of wanting something and I knew I wasn't really hungry yet. Mm -hmm. Now, when you have that moment and you know what that thing is, you want wrap it up, put it to the side. That way, you know, okay, the next time I'm hungry, I can have it. You know, there's yeah. peace in that yeah. from a practical perspective. But I remember trying to justify, well, I'll just do like extra crunches, right? Right. So yeah. the Lord brought me to first Samuel uh, 15, 22, and I'll just read the scripture, but yeah. it was like, oh, okay. It was like, God's like, Hey, listen, here's the thing. So it says, but Samuel replied, what is more pleasing to the Lord, your burnt offerings and sacrifices or your obedience to his voice? Mm. Listen, obedience is better than sacrifice mm. and submission is better than offering the fat of rams. Mm. Oh my gosh. Now we know the fat of rams there is the sacrifice of the animals, but we're like, Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's a whole lot more there, right. That really yeah. hits us, but that obedience is better than sacrifice. Mm. He's saying, I don't want you to give me your extra hard workout to mm -hmm. justify eating. I just want you to obey me. Right. If you're not in the boundary of hunger yet, if I haven't put you in that place, just obey me. Yeah. And, and I'm trying to make deals with the Lord, you right. know, well, if, if I can just overindulge right now and right. then, and that's where it's like, it is the heart issue. It is the heart issue. And I right. feel like there's that cycle of justify, indulge and guilt. And it's right. a roller coaster that I couldn't seem to get off of. Absolutely. And yeah, but obedience is better than sacrifice. And yeah. that was so eye opening to me. It brought, it brought a lot of freedom. Uh, because yeah. it gave me that scripture reference of, oh, he's right. And that doesn't mean it's easy. Mm -hmm. Oh my gosh. No. It doesn't mean it's easy. Well, yeah. And, and let's, and let's stop there for a second, because I think we just have to be real about the truth that if you have been dieting for a really long time, you have turned off your hunger signals. Yes. And, and so, and yes. I know this 
personally, you know, like that's, that's mm. part of intuitive eating as well as trying to listen to this hunger yeah, signal. So a lot perfect. of that is, yes, you know, it's just, that's all part of the intuitive eating movement. Mm -hmm. And the research around what dieting does to us is, is oh, yeah. really, really amazing. And there's, uh, I did an episode with Alexandra McKillop, which aired um, the first week of March. And she's a functional doctor, but she wrote a book all about dieting called Fulfilled. And it's mm. incredible. Um, her, the science there of just what, what dieting has done to our bodies. I mean, and for me, what I recognized, it was just actually last year, one day, it just hit me. I was like, you know what, I've spent most of my life trying not to eat. Like, yeah. that's just really strange, isn't it? But, yeah. but yet that's very true. Like, because food was bad food would make me fatter than I wanted to be. And so if I could just not eat, then that would solve the food problem. But like you said, food was created to nourish us, but also for us to enjoy like food is, yeah. is not bad. There's no like, and we assign all these morality words to food, like, you know, you're cheating, or you know, it's passionate, or <laughs> addictive or sinful, or like we use all these moral words around food, but food is is amoral. It's not it's not amoral. It's whatever the Non Whatever the prefix is that makes it, yeah, non-moral, is that it? Don't know what the word is. Amoral means bad. So we're going to look that up later. There's going to be a grammar lesson it's with this. It's not human. Yeah. But it's, yeah, it's, food doesn't do anything wrong, right? And yeah. so I love that. Just if we can, and, and really, I'm, I'm so right there with you. I mean, there's so many times where I've had like the bowl of ice cream. And I was like, okay, that was good. That was satisfying. And then I was like, I think I want just a little bit more. And on the walk to the freezer, I feel the conviction you really don't need more. But then sometimes I try to talk myself out of it. Like, oh, that's just that old diet mentality talking, <laughs> right? And it's not. It's not. It's like, no, God has said that that large bowl of ice cream you had was enough, right? And I ignore it. And I tell you, this is going to be a total, like, just a one like 180 segue, you're going to be like, how did she go there? But this is an illustration that I use a lot of times with women whose husbands are struggling with pornography addiction mm -hmm. and temptation in that area, because it's really hard for us to relate to that for the most part. I mean, women are using porn, you know, more than ever now, but by and large, it's hard for us to understand that men are wired in such a way to be mm -hmm. tempted and that it's really hard for them to say no. And we Click. see that as a bad sin, right? Right, right. And so that, yeah, exactly. Women, we're like, oh, I'm glad you said oh, that. Oh, that's yeah. yeah, that's 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 one of those bad sins, right? Mm -hmm. But I think it's the same thing when we walk back to get the rest of big box of chocolates, right? You know, but one at a time. But I go back for that other one, and it's that same kind of temptation. It's the temptation of just one more, mm -hmm. and then for him, it's just a little look. And so I like to use that illustration with women when they're when they're like, oh, I just don't understand how he can keep hurting me like this. And it's like, yeah, it hurts. It hurts. It hurts a lot. But understand the thing that's happening within him is the same kind of temptation that happens within you. And it's, it's hard to fight. Yeah. So I think that that's good stuff. What else as we kind of close up today, tell us a little bit more about your show and, and really what gets you excited right now. Oh my gosh, everything gets me excited. <laughs> okay, well, maybe we don't have time for that question, Jenny. <laughs> I'm, passionate. I'm just such a passionate person. And like, sometimes I'm like talking to my husband and he's like, gosh, calm down. It's I didn't, I'm like, I'm not upset. <laughs> just <laughs> way I talk about everything. <laughs> All the things. So that's a loaded question. Honestly, I am love, love, loving doing the podcast right now. I so love it. And what I've been loving is doing interviews because when I started the podcast, it's been a year. It's, I just hit just past the year mark. And I was always just me just kind of 
this is stuff God put on my heart. And that's just kind of the way I've always taught. And I was kind of intimidated because tech is not my thing to do interviews, but I have been loving doing the interview process. I've had some amazing people and the Lord's made some really cool connections. And it's been, I feel like Barbara Walters, sometimes we're all crying. <laughs> you know? It's been so real, but it's been a lot of fun. It's been such a blessing. And also to be able to cheer, you know, other people on and what they're doing and, and let them share because we learn from each other so, so much. And mm -hmm. that's just been blessing me. I've been having a blast with it. And anytime I have a microphone, I am happy. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah. I kind of feel the same way. This is my <laughs> inner radio show host uh, coming out here. So <laughs> I, uh, I'm like, I don't know if anybody else is listening, but I'm just like talking to the wall in my exactly. bedroom and we're having a great time. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, tell everyone where they can connect with you and where they can find your show. Sure, sure, sure. Okay. So the Intertwined Life podcast is anywhere you listen to podcasts. It's on all the major things, Google. I think it's, it's even on Amazon now, Apple, Spotify, all the good stuff. You can also head to jennyzents.com. And my last name does have two Zs. People get confused. J-E-N-N-Y-Z as in zebra, E-N-T-Z as in zebra. <laughs> People like cannot get all kinds of other weird because they just can't get the two Zs. But it's jennyzents.com for everything's listed there on Instagram and Facebook. Not like I don't love social media, but it's kind of like what we got to do. So you can find me at Jenny Zents on both of those, but I would love if someone actually legitimately wants to connect. That's fun. That's how you and I found each other. I yep. think. Yeah. That's been some of the best, those relationships with interviews, most of it's starting on Instagram. So God uses everything, but Absolutely. I'd love to connect with people there. Awesome. Well, Jenny, thank you so much for sharing thank your story you. and you. your time today. I think, um, I think there's a lot of good stuff here. So I hope people are encouraged. Absolutely. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening today. I hope something in this episode has helped you stop comparing and start living. Bye-bye. Hey friend, would you check out the date on that episode you just listened to? Yeah, it's been a minute. Listening to old podcasts is almost like reading my diary from several years ago. In some cases, it's even a little embarrassing. So instead of listening straight through season by season, can I encourage you to skip ahead? I release brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. And if you're not sure where to start, you can go to improvebodyimage.com, find the start here button, and I've got several episodes listed and categorized so you can find the topics that are of most interest to you. Your time is valuable, so skip straight to the good stuff. I'm glad you're here. Thanks for letting me be a part of your body image and food freedom journey. And one by one, I watched my dear friends get engaged, get married, start having children. And especially as a woman, I felt like there was a certain timeline that these things needed to happen in my life. Charity Gale shares a personal testimony on The Walk, a podcast for worshipers. Join us weekly to hear songwriters, worship leaders, filmmakers, and other creatives tell their stories in the form of a devotional. The Walk can be found on lifeaudio.com or your favorite podcast platform.